0: Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, GameStop picks up Reggie, used. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with ya. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including Reggie Fils-Aimé joining the board of directors at GameStop. And then on Thursday, come on back because we are going to be joined by Colin J. Morris to discuss the third season
1: of Netflix's Castlevania show. But in the meantime, Mark, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I think we have found a format to talk about this Castlevania show. Yes. That will work for us.
0: Yeah, and I think it's maybe fair even to preview it a little bit. Yeah. We're going to be do we're going to be discussing it. Uh it's all one episode, but we're going to do kind of three episodes at a time. So the first 3, then the next 3, then the next 3 and then the finale. Yeah, so
1: it's one of our episodes yes. covering 10 of their episodes. Right. We have it's an a ec- perfect exchange. We rate. have an economy
0: on this show. <laughs> they we'll take Ten whole episodes of Castlevania and cram it into one episode. But if you are not all the way through the season, uh, there'll be a pretty easy like place to bail. Um, you know, if you've only watched three or six. Yeah, or whatever. for sure. Um, but but but, but uh, here's something that you don't need to worry about uh, getting spoiled on. My copy of Sonic Forces. Would you like to borrow it? I bet you would. Um, I don't know why that was that was so cocky. I hated it. <laughs> I, I bet you want to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces, don't you? See,
1: okay, yeah. I actually don't think it was that cocky, but I think we usually err on the side of apology <laughs> when we're talking about Sonic Forces. This and is so true. you brought it around to just, like, positivity, and that felt so wrong for you. Yes. They were like, I must be boasting.
0: Okay, so here's the thing. We did get an email from uh, Christian. Thank you, Christian, for sending us an email. Uh, loved your emails this week. Uh, and in fact, we're uh, going to be basing an episode next week on one of your questions to us. Um, but in the meantime, uh, here's part of one of his emails. It reads, uh, do with this information what you will, but the perfect borrowing program may be in jeopardy. This isn't a Sony podcast, but Sonic Forces just so happens to be free this month on PlayStation for PlayStation Plus members. Uh, and I feel it is my duty, nay, my pleasure, to ensure that as many people play this absolute masterpiece of a game as possible, so I wanted to share. So, this is true if you own a playstation 4 and you are our playstation plus subscriber sonic forces is free and i would encourage anyone who genuinely wants to play sonic forces to do that if you want to borrow my copy of sonic forces and we've already established that i think you do <laughs> you need to email us at nintendo cartridge society at, at gmail.com, gmail.com. And give us a mailing address, and we'll send it to you, and you can play it for as long as you want. Uh, and it won't even cost you—what's what? What's a PlayStation Plus uh, subscription cost now? F- uh, 60 bucks
1: a $60, year? $60? $100? I don't know. Le- maybe 200 No one
0: knows. You know what it costs you to uh, participate in this borrowing program? Nothing. You know Nothing. what it costs you to listen to this show? Nothing. Uh, maybe leave a review once in a while. Maybe. Maybe. I'm sure there are people that don't even do that, and that's fine. Mark, it's fine. Uh,
1: Anyway, participate in that. But, and also, thank you to everyone who does leave us a review. Yes. Including uh, SinChris21, who left us a review this past week in the Apple Podcast US store. So thank you very much for doing that. And as always, thank you to everyone who's rated us wherever you get your podcast
0: yes and for anyone who uh participated in leaving us a review and uh requesting an issue of transformers those have been sent out that's
1: right they were all sent out yesterday morning so look forward to your issue of transformers soon
0: yeah um and then also something to look forward to soon all month of april we are playing super nes classics um, which means that's something we should actually get on, Mark. Let's, let's have a little conversation after we record this about <laughs> how we're going to pull this off. Um, but on April 2nd, we are going to be talking about uh, Zelda Link to the Past. On April 9th, we're going to be talking about Super Metroid. On the 16th, we're going to be talking about Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island. And on the 24th, we are going to be talking about Star Fox. We are letting you know ahead of time so that you can send us uh, questions or observations or play along. Or whatever, and all of those should go to Nintendo Cartridge society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com or tweeted at us at NinCart Society um, for that. Um, uh, Mark, before we jump into the episode proper, we've got some emails from listeners regarding our Zelda A to Z episode. Uh, Mitchell Moody wrote in and said, uh, "Just listen to the A to Z episode. Uh, how, how, uh, mm, how, however, I feel you missed two super obvious picks. First. I was, I, w- I was sure one of you was going to choose uh, rupees for the letter R. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, they have been in every game, and they're a staple of the series. I can forgive that, but no T for Tingle. This is a disrespect to the series. But
1: besides that, love the episode. Keep putting out great content. Mitchell, I don't blame you for wanting Tingle to be mentioned. It was on my list. Okay, so you know how I cheated early with, like, B and put, like, three different options? Uh, beetle. Yes. Uh, Blue Tunic. Yes. And then I finally settled on one that I can't remember right now.
0: So it's obviously as impactful as those <laughs> other two.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, I, Tingle and Rupi were both on my list, but I decided to stop cheating and just, like, settle on just one. Just say one. But I do, I have so many regrets about not including Tingle, because... I've, of course I want every opportunity to talk about Tingle.
0: I mean, I think it was on you, because there was no way I was going to give up Terrytown. <laughs> right. My favorite part of my favorite game. And
1: now I can't even remember what
0: I chose for tea. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <but> what,
1: <laughs> I can, it wasn't
0: Tingle. Look, one of the things... I love this show. I love this podcast. I love doing it with you. The second the words leave <laughs> my mouth, they're gone. Recorded as ones and zeros, thank God, because I don't remember them. Um, And then we also got uh, a message from Mark Hine. Uh, He says, hi, Patrick Mark. I've just finished your Zelda A to Z episode, and it was great. Um, My A would have been amiibo. Man, did Breath of the Wild mm. change my passing interest into a full-blown obsession. The way the chest would fall from the sky was so fulfilling. Each day was like my birthday, as I'd get excited in collecting five ice arrows or my tenth cap of the wind. I ended up tracking down all the Zelda, Zelda amiibos at some great cost. It drove my wife crazy to see a 50-plus man sitting amongst 23 toys, as she called them, ignoring my insistence that they were interactive <laughs> action figures, scanning each one. Trouble is, I use, I, I use most of my game time for the, d- for the day scanning them. I have around 300 hours clocked in Breath of the Wild, half of which is probably using the Amiibos. I hope they use them again in Breath of the Wild 2. That would go some way to justify the $500 plus dollars I spent on collecting them. Keep up the great show. Mark Hine. Mark, this is a great point. And uh, I wish we would have brought it up uh, on our on our show, too, because uh, I didn't go so super hard into the, like, I have the majority of the Zelda amiibos. I know I have a, a couple of, like, I don't know the um, Skyward Sword one, for example, uh, and there might be, and maybe the Twilight Princess one, I can't actually picture what it is, but the, uh, the Wolf Link Midna amiibo is my favorite favorite um because i loved that it connected to the twilight princess remake Mm -hmm. um that you would have to do the like trial of the whatever it was um as the wolf and then the number of hearts that you finished it with would be the number of hearts that your wolf would have when you summoned him so i have a 17 heart wolf (laughs) who will join me in breath of the wild at any time and he's a monster he'll tear up enemies he's so good and so useful Um, But thank you for writing in, Mark. What do you think? Do you want to see the uh, Amiibo support? Yeah, I
1: hadn't thought about it before, but that's a really good point. I'd be surprised if they don't. I just feel like Amiibo has kind of, maybe just because they're not as announcing as many as they used to, Yeah, that they just feel more like an afterthought than they had before. But they have so many seen around. Um, Especially, yeah, like they sold all of these Zelda ones. They should totally support it in the new game.
0: Yeah, I mean, but like it is interesting, even though... uh, Animal Crossing has Amiibo support, and that was, like, part of the latest Nintendo Direct about it, Um, that, like, we don't have more uh, Animal Crossing Amiibos coming out. Um, There wasn't any, there weren't any Luigi's Mansion Amiibos, no, like, even as far back as, like, Yoshi's Crafted World, trying to remember the
1: last, like, Nintendo Amiibos that they put out yeah outside the, of like smash brothers yeah it just feels yeah, like the smash ones yeah but like that's it and those at this point are almost like they're obligatory yeah yeah
0: um all right uh well thank you everyone for writing in and uh christian we will get to your topic of what to play next slash what nintendo games to play kind of first as uh, someone coming back to the platform uh for the first time in a long time but in the meantime let's move on to what we've been playing We have both, yes? Yeah. Been playing Murder by Numbers. Mark, how are you enjoying Murder by Numbers?
1: Uh, I'm liking it. Yeah. It's uh, funny how familiar it feels, like, because the art style, the music, some of the sound effects are very reminiscent of Phoenix Wright. Like, I think the, um, I looked it up beforehand, but the name of the robot thing. Yeah, Scout. Scout. Yeah. The sound effect... When Scout, uh, especially at the beginning, when you see you are you are like seeing Scout, yeah, it's like his startup screen, yeah, exactly a yeah. startup screen. Like the text is exactly the sound effect that they use for text advancing in Phoenix Wright. So I love that because it feels like so familiar. I really like the L.A. setting and like all the kind of like show businessy yeah. qualities of it. And then I'm really liking the puzzles,
0: yeah. Good, that's great, because uh, we, for the number of times that you've let me uh, go on about Picross, um, I had never really had uh, an inclination that you were into Picross.
1: Yeah, I'd never, re- I'd never done one before. Um, but yeah, I, at the beginning of the game, I'm not very far in. At the beginning of the game, I feel like I wish there were more puzzles. Like, at the very beginning, yeah. I was like, should I just buy a Picross game? Like because that's the aspects of it that I was enjoying the most. Yeah, it, I
0: mean, like it is tough because I do get into um, points when I'm playing where I'm just like, no, just give me more cross, like just give me another puzzle. Um, and l- uh, luckily, as you are going through each of the cases, you are unlocking scout memories that you can go in and play, and all those memories are just puzzles. Yeah. Um. So like, I, I finished the first case. Um, and then I, like, went in and had, like, a good, you know, hour and a half of just,
1: like, puzzles to do. Like, mm-hmm. back-to-back puzzles, puzzle, puzzle, I, puzzle. I'm assuming you're playing on normal? You bet. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm playing on easy because mm-hmm. this is, like, my first Picross-type yeah. game. I am curious, uh, can you play this game in handheld mode, like, using the touchscreen? I don't know. I don't know either. And the the controls work fine on Switch. Um, I've been playing on the TV, like, doing the puzzles that way. Yeah, But I too. can definitely see... Like Picross cross feels like something that would really like soar, yeah. Using a stylus on the like, oh, yeah. 3DS
0: when when you can just like put it down on the on the screen and just like drag it across uh, and be like, yeah. I got this whole line. <laughs> um, yeah, that that's wonderful. Uh, I I am also enjoying the uh, the setting and the like writing of it, which is all like uh, you know pretty pretty competent. I'm not like blown away by any of it, but like it all feels. Uh, I'm I'm never like Ugh. It's fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um let me ask you this. Does Phoenix Wright do uh there's like a punch sound effect that happens like all the time in this whenever a character is like remotely like when I think it would be a
1: it's like a oh, and like a uh-huh. screen shakes.
0: Is that a Phoenix Wright thing or?
1: I can't really remember. I, I find, find it. Remember. To, I
0: find it to be a little too intrusive. Uh, uh, hi. Uh, where I'm like, let's calm down a little bit here. <laughs> um, and then I also wanted to know why. And I guess this is just like the difference between uh, visual novels as as games and like comic books. But I don't know why they don't do anything with like the lettering. Mm-hmm. That all of the dialogue is just in a box on the bottom of the screen. Yeah. Um. And like it says who's speaking. Um. But like you got to read that part and then read. The, if it was just, like, in a balloon near that person's face, I feel like it would, like, flow better. And I understand they're, like, different conventions and different mediums. Um, but I just find myself a little bit being, like, is this the easiest? Is this the best way to do this? Oh, uh uh-huh. Um, And then also, I had a little bit of a horror story. A little bit of a, a thing happened to me. Um, I don't like the way the cursor defaults to, like, where it defaults to. Uh-huh. Because uh, I will frequently uh like reask a person the same question oh yeah because the cursor just stays right there on the question even though it's already grayed out and then i had to like read that dialogue again it's like come on let's move that uh, cursor down but also when you turn the game on it defaults to new game um and not saved game or like load game or continue i guess is, is the option um and so uh i had been playing the second case and was kind of deep into it maybe like uh 10 or 12 puzzles um and saved it and left and came back and um like went to start up the game it was like excited like you know pushing the button to to get in quicker um and accidentally selected new game and uh opened the the second case cuz i think this is the first time i turned it on after like saving and quitting and coming back um and so selected the case, and then it started over at the beginning. And I was like, "Oh, this isn't right." I exit out, uh, oh. and then it had auto saved over my previous save game. So I spent a little time this afternoon, like reworking through some like the beginning of the second case again, um, which is like I didn't have to do this. Yeah, that does suck. Um, but uh, the. Game is great, and I'm, I'm really happy with it. The music is uh, great and chill, and um, there, uh, there was a little bit this weekend where I was playing it, and Sarah was sitting next to me on the couch, and usually if I'm playing a game with repetitive music, uh, she'll be like, okay, can we listen to something uh-huh.
1: But this, we just let it ride the whole time, baby. It's nice, smooth jams. I know when you were first getting into Pitcross we asked for suggestions Yes, um, on all platforms, but I am interested, in if somebody has a suggestion for pickcross games on Switch. Yeah. Because that, I know I just said that it seems like 3DS would be a great platform to play on. And it is. I'm not going to play on my 3DS. All no, right. <laughs> but I would, if uh, anybody has a recommendation for a just straight up pickcross game on Switch, I'm super interested at this point. Yeah, hit us up. I would also love to know. Okay,
0: that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week.
1: We skipped over it in the news last week, but the first of two Luigi's Mansion 3 multiplayer DLC packs were released, was released, it was released. The first of two was released, yes. Yes. Um, it includes three costumes for Luigi, uh, Mumiji, which is a mummy. I think it's Mumiji, right? Because he's a mummy.
0: <sighs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, although it's Luigi, Mumiji, Mumiji,
1: <laughs> it's tough. I have, to, I have to hear him say it. Right. to know for sure. I'm a
0: moomiji. G. I hate it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh Green Knight, a suit of, suit of armor, and okay, how would you say this one? Groovy G. Okay. Yeah. Uh This one's easy. It's gooey G, <laughs> but with an R and a V. <laughs> and it, uh Groovy G has bell bottoms, tall hair, and an unbuttoned shirt and jacket. Yeah, he's basically Saturday Night Fever Luigi. We got new themed ghosts that appear in Scarescraper and then three new mini games in Scream Park. Dodge Brawl, River Ghost Hunt, and Tricky Ghost Hunt.
0: Um, Mark, do you think that we should play some of these Luigi's Mansion? Uh I, I know uh there well, we haven't played any Scarescraper
1: or any Scream Park. No, we haven't. And like Scarescraper seems really fun. We should. We should totally do this. <sighs> uh just a reminder that the whole set of DLC costs $9.99. And there's a second piece coming July at the end of July. Great. Also, uh today, March 10th. Land Grisset? griser.
0: How would you say this? Uh, Yeah, maybe uh, Land... Yeah, I would say Land land Griser.
1: Yeah, one and two. But you think it's French? Land It could be. It might be. Yeah. Uh, It's a remake of Mega Drive tactical RPG games. I'm not familiar with them at all, but when I saw it, I was like, this is something I've heard of before. So I looked it up. Very good. On Thursday, March twelfth, a Street Cat's Tale is released. Have you seen any video of this? No. What is this? It is. It seems very cute. Oh, it's like a adorable little kitten running around the town, just being like a little street cat. You have little missions oh, okay. you have just, to do. It. Okay,
0: yeah. so it, it's like a Untitled Goose Game, but you're a cat. Uh, no, I think it, it sounds seems exactly more like like Untitled Goose. I think Game, it's, it's
1: more like story driven. You know, like you're like a sad cat, maybe that's like living on the street. Um, it looks very cute. And then on Friday, March 13th, animal crossing new horizons, the Nintendo switch model, not the game. Yeah. that was a
0: real bait and switch. We'll be a
1: week (laughs) away from the game, but on the 13th, the special edition Nintendo switch is released. Um, which is very exciting.
0: It's a good looking switch. Uh, I don't think either of us have any plans to upgrade at this Mm. point, right? Yeah, even though I know you were talking a good game, that was if there was a Switch Lite, that was Animal Crossing thing. And I'm still shocked that there isn't one. Yeah, I mean, they've got this uh, pink coral one, Mm -hmm. um, but even that's not coming out until... uh, April. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe a little bit poorly timed there. All right, um, those are the new releases. Let's get out of this segment. Now it's time for a regular segment on the show. It's time for 4.33. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 4.33 wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance, 4.33, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Uh, Mark, today we are going to be ranking sitcom catchphrases yes so to do this mm-hmm. and to the best of our abilities we are going to go back and forth naming catchphrases until we get to eight yeah roughly we'll roughly. see how far we can get see, see, how, see how far we can get and then we will rank these catchphrases uh-huh uh mark since this is your topic would you like to kick us off
1: yes um okay uh i'm the baby gotta love me okay from dinosaur right so Z- i Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, I'm the baby, gotta love me. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with the uh
1: Steve Urkel uh, classic. Uh Did I do that? Uh I will see your I did Did I Do That and Thank you. raise you a Bazinga. Oh my goodness. From uh Big Bang Theory.
0: Okay, Bazinga's a good one. Um I'm going to go with um this becomes hard immediately. Yes. Uh I'm going to go with uh How Rude from oh, Full House.
1: That's good. I was debating How Rude um you got it dude. It was like another potential Full House one. I mean I think, I think could, How Rude is good.
0: Uh, we I do feel like we could do both. Yes. But go go ahead. Okay. Uh, with, with uh, next I poll.
1: am potentially cheating by c- going with like Do we think it's Icarumba? For Bart Simpson, no, or I eat think my shorts.
0: Uh ooh boy. Um I feel like I, I think i carumba I think is so. probably Karum Karumba. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then I will see your i carumba and do a good old Steve Carell, Michael Scott. Uh that's what she said. Oh, uh-huh. Uh
1: so see. two more. Right, one one from each of us. Okay. Um how about
0: Whoa! from Blossom. Okay, Woe is good. Um, And then, uh, let me spell Woe right. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> um, and then I will go with uh, the old Ricky Ricardo. Lucy, you've got some splaining to do. <laughs> uh, Perfect. Okay, so uh, anything stand out here as immediately very
1: good or bad? So one thing I will say for Woe is that it's so versatile, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, do you remember that uh short-lived app that you could just send the word yo to yeah, people? sure. I feel like woe is very similar to yo in that it can mean so many different things. Yeah, yes. Um. And so that is, yes.
0: And also, it is very much based on the intonation, right? Like, everyone loves going, whoa. Like, everyone likes doing it, right? Right. And it's not just... It's not just about the word, which is arguably
1: not even a word. Now, one thing I will say not in its favor is I don't think it's particularly as a catchphrase stood the test of time.
0: Uh, sure. In the way some of these other ones have. So I want to I want to go after Bazinga for a second, okay? Uh, because I don't know what it means. In what context do they say Bazinga? Like, yes, is that what it's like?
1: Yeah. So I think it's j- like just Sheldon. I think it's Sheldon's catchphrase. Oh, and is I it a word he, that he made up? I I mean I don't know, <laughs> but I think I think <laughs> mm-hmm. it's him saying like I got you. Oh, right. It's like putting a punctuation on the end of a joke. So not necessarily like tricked you with just like oh bazinga mm. like it's him putting like punctuation on something
0: oh that but that's an interesting kind of vindictive punctuation
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think i'm not necessarily (laughs) i think i think it has multiple uses okay okay um
0: and then uh i think that's what she said maybe even gets pulled out and taken into like a different bracket cuz uh-huh. it's very good um but it is already engaging in a certain amount of irony yeah. right that steve carell is saying or that michael scott is saying something that he has heard as a catchphrase oh, already right right it, the character on the show is using a catchphrase intentionally in a way that the rest of these characters are not mm-hmm. um so maybe we remove it from competition yeah i think so okay Goodbye, that's what she said. You belong on a higher plane of existence than the rest of us. Okay, so we, uh, we think... All, all we've said really so far is that woe is versatile um, and that uh, Bazinga is <laughs> maybe mean, but maybe not as mean <laughs> as we were making it out to be. Um, uh, so I'm the baby, gotta love me. Oh, man. Oh, man. We
1: didn't get anywhere in this. Well, maybe next week we'll actually rank them. <laughs> And this week we just came up with them.
0: Um, very good. Well, we were accompanied today by pianist Kyle Shaw. All right, Mark, let's get into
1: the news. And hey, maybe this is the rare 433 where if you have an opinion on it, you can email us
0: at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Here's the thing I think what we should have done is just the whole thing. Time should have just been us going back and forth. Naming, Trying to
1: name as many as possible. Yeah, until
0: we ran out. <laughs> that's <laughs> what it should have been. <laughs> but no, no, no. I would like to hear people uh, rank them. Again, they are, I'm the baby, gotta love me. Did I do that? Bazinga, how rude. Ikarumba! caramba. Whoa. And Lucy, you got some splaining to do. And then, of course, we have moved, uh, uh, that's what she said, out of
1: competition. On Monday, GameStop announced that former president <laughs> of Nintendo of America, Reggie Fils-Aimé, Joined the GameStop board of directors. Um, Reggie commented on Twitter, quote, the gaming industry needs a healthy and vibrant GameStop. I look forward to being a part of GameStop Corp board and helping to make this happen. Um, Kind of crazy news, right? Yeah, a little bit. I actually think this is a really good get for GameStop. Yeah, no kidding. I mean,
0: especially because, like, one of the things that Nintendo is historically bad at is... Um, planning their, uh, they're, they're not great at physical distribution of goods. Operations, yeah. Yeah. Um, and like if that is the only thing that GameStop can bring to the table um, is being able to be in everyone's mall, uh, sometimes two or three times in any given mall uh, to get those products out to people. Like his relationship to Nintendo is going to be good for Nintendo and good for GameStop.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, I also think that just as far as GameStop is going, I think he's right that the industry needs a GameStop, if not like GameStop itself. It needs some sort of like widespread store that's dedicated to video games. Um, And, I, you know, they've struggled like a lot of stores have in figuring out like what is the direction of GameStop and how do we make money in a market that is becoming more and more digital focused and i think reggie is a really smart person to have on the board um in trying to like navigate those types of waters
0: yeah one well, especially when um you sort of uh, again just like kind of underlining his connection to nintendo that like one of the things that you know in I- absent um just you know like digital game distribution that Nintendo has a lot of uh, physical things that go with their games that you can't buy digitally you can't buy Amiibo digitally you can't buy Labo digitally you can't buy Ring Fit adventure digitally. These are all things that you need to have a physical storefront in order to you know purchase and like you know i I don't know if it's more common for people to have like extra joy cons or what, but it feels more. Uh you know I versus like having extra controllers for uh another platform, but like I haven't owned a second PlayStation controller in the last two generations um so like but like do I, do I always have a second Nintendo controller like yeah a- absolutely
1: and then also joining the board is will Simons, formerly of k k r and Co and Walmart, and j k Symantic. I feel like we just went over how to say that, and I already forgot it's okay. Semantic, I think. Is right. <laughs> Perfect. Former president and CEO of PetSmart and Academy Sports and Outdoor. Um. So obviously they've got one guy who's like a
0: big, uh, big box store mm-hmm. kind of person, and then another one that's like a specialty retailer, um, that is plugged into the specific needs of a very, like, niche market, like pets or uh, like outdoor activities. I guess those aren't super niche, but like still kind of following in the realm of uh games.
1: Also interesting that they are just like shaking up the board seemingly, unless they're adding mm-hmm. these people and expanding the board.
0: No, they also mentioned uh, uh, in their press step down. Um, but I thought it was more fun to report on the additions than on the people who lost their jobs.
1: <laughs> well, Reggie's appointment is effective April 20th, 2020. Of course, we all know April 20th as Labo Day. Of course. And uh, while the other two are on the board, effective immediately. Um. So uh, it is or will be cool to see,
0: well, what we get from uh, GameStop. Yeah, I mean, like that. And that's a weird place to be, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Like GameStop is kind of an entity that I've like written off a little bit as uh, one that we're not going to really have, have to think too much about.
1: Yeah, in the it'll future, be interesting to see if we see like strategic changes at all, or like how long yeah. that'll take.
0: Great. Qu- I mean, and maybe maybe we won't Mm -hmm. um but also like gamestop got into game publishing for a, a little while i have to imagine they're still doing it in some capacity um so like i wonder if that'll continue and if we'll see any of like reggie's influence uh through that or if like any of his relationships with developers end up like popping up through that it'll it's there's a big open wide world here and maybe gamestop is going to be
1: uh far from the irrelevant thing that we thought it was yeah i'd like to see gamestop turn it around it uh not that long ago a few weeks ago i think it was in polygon they had an article talking about kind of the what's happening in gamestop right now and the pressure that store managers are under to like deliver certain metrics and try to get people to sell their phones to them and all that kind of stuff and. Reading the article reminded me so much of years ago when I had a part-time job at Borders Books. Yeah. And I was there, like, not when it completely went under, but, like, a year or two before that. Sure. And the tactics and just, like, the atmosphere and, like, all the stuff they were describing was so similar to a company that's just, like, flailing and you can, you know, is just, like, on a downward spiral. So I would like to see GameStop turn it around. It'll be interesting to see if they're able to. Yeah,
0: well, and, like, you would think that, like, they're, you know, they're coming up on what could be seen as, like, a saving grace in, in the launch of new consoles, but I sort of suspect that this is going to be a poorly timed new console launch. Uh, you know, we talked uh, in previous weeks about how, um, like, coronavirus and work stoppages in China are going to make, uh, like, part availability and like the actual labor to assemble these things uh, more limited than they would be otherwise. Um, but also that the price of these machines, you know, it's it rumored that the just to make the PlayStation Five that it's like four hundred and seventy dollars or something in that neighborhood. Um, so the, the boxes are definitely going to retail for at least $500. We're sort of heading into a recession right now when it could be worse than the one like 10 years ago, which was what was blamed for the extended length of the previous generation. So like
1: it doesn't feel like it's a good time for a console launch. It's it's hard to know. Of course you know, it's hard to like, know, yes. uh, Not yeah. to doom and gloom. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right. It's difficult to know. But I completely agree that the landscape looks very complicated. Yeah. And that I think companies have a lot of difficult decisions to be making in the next few months.
0: Right. And everyone's going to be everyone's going to try to predict the future and no one's going
1: no one's <laughs> D- gonna do it. Totally. Uh Doom sixty four, which will be available on Switch on March twentieth, twenty twenty. Uh, also known as one month before Labo Day, uh, yes, that's has right. a, <laughs> has a few features. And it is also uh, Animal Crossing. Oh, Day. right, that's right. How of course. dare you? <laughs> has a few features not found in the original 1997 release. In an interview with U.S. Gamer, senior developer James Haley revealed some of these features, including a new chapter in the game. Haley said, "Quote: Persistent players will have the opportunity to unlock a new chapter in the Doom's Guys saga." taking place shortly after Doom 64's original campaign concludes. The mother demon you defeated in that outing had a sister, and since you've been messing up hell nonstop, she tries to get rid of you by sending you away. If you can make your way back and take revenge, you'll be rewarded with a bit of lore that fans of both series, uh, new and classic, should enjoy.
0: Uh, crazy. It's like a new level in this game that they're re-releasing.
1: Yeah, I've never played Doom 64. I mean, honestly, I've never really played a bunch of Doom. Yeah, well you played the uh the, the new g- one, but like, oh, like yeah, sixteen. Yeah, which I loved. But like old school Doom. I remember going over to the uh my friend who lived across the street, going to his house and they had it on TV- on computer. Yes. And just being like one blown away, but also like, This game is too violent. Like oh, see.
0: Uh, meanwhile, I was in the basement of uh
1: of chadwick's
0: uh cards and games and there were uh like a whole bank of computers lined up where we would do like land parties there uh but you know by the time that we were plugged
1: into that uh, we were just playing duke nukem 3d baby <laughs> <laughs> uh, also included in the doom 64 release for switch will be optional motion controls auto map navigation on the touch screen brightness settings and an option to switch the blood color from red to green as it was in the original Japanese release.
0: Always appreciate when you can switch the blood from red (laughs) to green.
1: Uh, In a statement provided to to Kotaku, speaking of the coronavirus, Nintendo of America has revealed that they are allowing their employees in California and Washington State to work from home. This as a preventative measure to stop the spread of COVID-19
0: which is a uh, you know just sort of a uh, a, th- a thing that we are seeing in a uh, a lot of different um, office uh, environments and uh good to see Nintendo being proactive about it.
1: Uh South by Southwest in Texas was canceled last week for the first time ever in the that festival's history. Um out of overgrowing concerns surrounding COVID-19, meaning that the scheduled Sonic the Hedgehog panel, which was teased to have some game announcements, will not be happening.
0: Yes, that's right. We are bringing up <laughs> South by Southwest <laughs> cancellation, but only as it <laughs> pertains to Sonic the Hedgehog.
1: Uh, but fear not. A tweet from the official Sonic the Hedgehog Twitter account said that they would be repackaging the announcement announcements in a different form this April. Um, so, I mean, I guess it stands to reason that they would still have products to
0: announce. Um, but now we know that we can learn more about what's happening in Sonic Land uh, in April.
1: Yoshinoi Katatsi, director of... Sorry, it's Yoshinori. Oh, you, Yoshinori. Yes. Uh, Katatsi, director of Final Fantasy VI, Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VIII, Final Fantasy X, and a current member of Square Enix's Final Fantasy committee mentioned in an interview with Game Reactor that he would like to see a remake of Final Fantasy V. Um, so... I did not really realize. I, I, I
0: was reading up on the Final Fantasy committee. There is like a group of game uh, devs and producers who work at Square Enix who are like part of maintaining the singular like, oh, brand identity like of like the Final like
1: Lucasfilm story group just or something. Like the Lucasfilm oh, story group. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's except, cool. I didn't know that existed. That's awesome.
0: Way less focused on <laughs> continuity,
1: <laughs> and way more like you which know, seems even more fun. <laughs> yeah, We're just yeah. like let's just preserve the essence of. I guess maybe then it's like the pixar brain trust which i don't think exists in like the same form as it did 10 years ago or something right, but right, that right. same idea exists I mean,
0: here's here's what i'm picturing right now is uh like six dudes in like
1: big wingback leather chairs oh smoking yeah giant old, cigars. Exact, yes <laughs> go, go on, desperately old japanese dudes. does
0: it got smugles in it <laughs> <laughs> it's a final fantasy still <laughs> a final fantasy
1: Um, so yes, that part is awesome. (laughs) Uh, he mentioned that he would like to see a remake of Final Fantasy V, kind of. This is, I love this quote. So his quote is, uh, quote, laughs. Okay, so first of all, you have to promise you're not going to write an article saying Square Enix is remaking Final Fantasy something something. It's just a purely personal opinion, just so understand that with that caveat in place the first final fantasy that i worked on myself was final fantasy 5 that hasn't been remade with the more realistic kind of approach yet so i think it might be quite interesting to do a final fantasy 5 remake someday here's that my... is a great quote that isn't it
0: great that he's mm-hmm. like no hang on a minute yeah don't go talking about this on podcasts <laughs> or
1: nothing and here
0: we are <laughs> um but i i like the idea of i mean especially with final fantasy 7 remake uh you know the the demo launched uh on PlayStation just last week um and you know we uh demoed it at um E3 last year and it's going to come out very soon uh, and i think it's going to be a big hit for PlayStation and for Square Enix um so i i got to wonder like what other Like, why wouldn't they go back and, like, remake all these games that are, like, known bankable properties um, that can be multiple games and, you know, there are all these smart systems and characters that people have affinity for. Like,
1: yeah, go for it. Do you think they'd go... I mean, I think that'd be cool, but do you think they'd go back this far? Like, do you think people have the same sort of affinity for five that they do like seven. I, I just don't feel like it's bankable in the same way. It's So five in particular is definitely
0: not bankable in the same way. Um, five was never, not never, but it, in during the Super Nintendo's life cycle which the game originally came out on uh, Super Famicom. Um, and it didn't come to North America. Um, we got it later in the, uh, Playsta- or the Final Fantasy Anthology in 1999 on PlayStation. And then there was a Final Fantasy Five Advance on the Game Boy Advance in 2006 so five in particular uh would be less bankable than four or six or nine or even eight and ten like i all of those games i think would be uh maybe ten is a little bit too recent to uh
1: to remake but i feel like the rest
0: of those I mean what did I just named like six games. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Especially if they could you imagine if they split all of those up into like multiple I cannot. <laughs> game releases. Um Woo. Hey, let's check in on the Wonderful 101 Kickstarter. Yes. Which uh is now over but finished with more than $2.2 two point two million dollars in final funding. Two point two <laughs> million dollars. That means the following stretch goal was reached since we last talked about it. A second side scrolling spin-off game called Luca's Second Mission. This is, of course, the sequel to Luca's first mission. <laughs> uh sadly, this does fall short of the 2.25 million that was needed to unlock two new orchestral re recordings of the soundtrack. Still not looking too bad when the original goal was 50k. That's Yes. I mean, and, and obviously like 50k
0: was them lowballing. Totally. Like uh, yeah. they, they It was made, a promotional tool more yes. than anything else. And what a promotional tool that netted them $2.2 yeah. million. The game is a success before it launches. Mm-hmm. Good work, guys. And
1: finally, hey, today is Mario Day, March 10th.
0: Happy Mario Day, Mark.
1: So happy Mario Day to you, Patrick. Thank you. Um, so there- now exchange gifts, as is our tradition. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and of course, happy Mario Day to all of our listeners, uh, whether you will be... In whatever form you celebrate, right? I- even if you celebrate privately, <laughs> uh. So to celebrate their uh, Nintendo's way of celebrating is a big sale on the eShop, including many first-party titles. So here's some highlights: you can get Super Mario Maker 2 for 40 bucks. This is a good deal, and I think
0: probably the best one on here. Uh, Super Mario Maker 2. Is definitely worth forty
1: dollars. I also think Super Mario Party two, or excuse me, just Super Mario Party, mm-hmm. which is forty bucks versus the normal sixty. That if you're gonna, be, if you have been interested in Super Mario Party, yes, like that's a good deal, twenty bucks off. And if you have that second set of Joy Cons, as I
0: was so confidently saying, everyone has, <laughs> um, it's a a, a great four player experience. Um, and like anyone can can access it, like it is a good, effective
1: party game. You can also pick up Yoshi's Crafted World for $40. Bucks. Uh, Mega Man 11 is 15 Although, is this related to Mario Day? Or are, are, is Capcom just happening to hold a sale?
0: Capcom is also holding a sale.
1: <laughs> <laughs> because all the Mega Man Legacy Collections are $10 yes. each this week. Um, and then Nine Parchments is $6. bucks. i am not sure I know what that is. It's uh, Diablo-like. Oh, that's right. Okay. So, yeah, maybe not...
0: No, it's it's not. It's but it is on sale, and it's six instead of twenty. Gotcha. It's a notable
1: game release, so I I thought we would bring it up. And then Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games Tokyo twenty twenty is also forty bucks, which
0: still seems too high for. (laughs) Um. All right. Uh. Let's get out of the news. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe at Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter. Um, we. I uh, appreciate when you do that. Uh, on you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell and the show is at Nin Card Society. You can also check out the Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Betty. You can get more of Betty's music by going to apitbetty.com or by listening right now. My co-host Mark Mitchell. This is Patrick Heller saying thank you for listening. That's right, Nintendo Cartridge Society listeners, what is going down? Are you ready for a promo? Let's do yoga, let's get fit. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Muriel. And we're the hosts of Hella in Your your 30s. A
1: podcast about a cool couple trying to do adult stuff.
0: So each week we invite you to join us as we try to learn things we should probably already know. Like, how does a stock market work? Can we install that bidet? Why are all of our houseplants dying? This is a podcast for people of all ages. Because remember... Age ain't nothing but a number.
1: But being hella in your 30s is a state of mind mind. So
0: tomorrow's
1: a new day. Let's order pizza.
0: Campfire.